listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Hi. How are you? From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander. And of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, wherever you get your good podcasts. Part of the Libsyn Media Network. If you want to follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Local Bar Media is where you can do that. LocalBarMedia.com is where you can go to find some more stuff with us. Uh, if you want to email the show, chad at localbarmedia.com is where you go to do that. Support the show. Keep us loud, live, and independent. Patreon.com slash localbar. I uh, hope you're all doing well. Took, took a couple of weeks off because I, I am now, uh, we are, today is the introduction of a project that I've been wanting to do for uh, actually quite a while. But with everything going on with our quasi-quarantine and, and, and whatnot, um, I have not been able to, um, I, well, I've actually found more of the, the spirit to do it. Um, and quite frankly, uh, all the folks that I've been wanting to get a hold of uh, are, are much more available right now uh, than they have been in the past. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to do uh, is is bring and, and showcase, bring forward some really cool stories and showcase some folks in, in a little bit different pace than we've done before in the past. More on that here in a second. Hope you're doing well. Um, I've gotten a lot of emails about doing a show about my thoughts and feelings about this um, this situation that we're all in right now. I've had quite a few folks that have wanted to come on the show, talk about things from an economic standpoint, a healthcare standpoint, a political standpoint, and it makes me sick that we live in a world where all three of those are actually part of this. And uh, I, I have thought about it. I've gone back and forth with some texts with some folks. And I have decided to, I don't want to say not do that show, because some of it is very interesting and positive. It actually is. But as of right now, I'm over it. I need something different. I need to talk about something different than all that jazz. And I don't know that from the standpoint that I have towards this stuff, that I want to bring anybody on because I actually think I'd be raining on their parades right now. So I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. What I've decided to do is uh, maybe put that off till later, something we can look back on, uh, because I think one of the things we do not do um, is we are not learning from the lessons we've learned, uh, the the uh, the the situations we've been through, we are not doing a very good job of, of learning those lessons. Uh, I can give you a couple of cases. I still talk to friends of mine that are Democrat strategists. They have not learned why they lost in 2016. And they are making some of the same mistakes going into this year. Um, I, I, I made a podcast two years ago about guns in schools. We have not learned our lesson on that yet. We are not doing anything for it. There's and if you want to go back, listen to those shows. Great, go do them. Um, 
I don't want to get into that, but I, I am more of a, when we come out of a situation like this or we are really starting to come out, I, I hope we're coming out of it, uh, but when we really start coming out of it, I want to make sure that we understand silver lining stuff that we need to know. I do believe there's a lot of positive things that we're going to learn from this. Um, I also believe that we have no idea how to handle some other things. And and I and I wanted I want to do that right. I don't want to really. I feel like doing it while we're in we're still kind of in the middle of it is not the time to do that. So for those of you that have been writing those emails and asking me for that, I, I do believe that show's coming. I do believe those will be very good shows, very positive shows. They aren't for right now. They're not. But what is for right now? Well, one of the things that we talk about a lot, you'll hear um, in your communities. I don't, I don't know. I hear it a lot in my community. Is uh, People talking about the the folks that we know that are uh, artists, musicians, um, that, you know, we, we've got our friends that are bar and restaurant owners, and we want them to get back open again because we're all dying for the economy to be rolling again and for our society to have somewhat of its normalcy that it's had before. I do believe we can all admit we miss each other. Zoom calls and telephone calls and text and FaceTime, all that stuff is great, and thank God we have it today. But it's not the same as sitting at the bar, having a beer with a couple of buddies, and laughing and talking and debating, going out to eat and enjoying a rest, you know, a restaurant for what it's for what it is. Yes, you enjoy the food and sitting at home or sitting in the car to eat it is a is a cool thing to do for a while. But we do miss that ambiance and the experience that we have when we go somewhere. Plus, the food's better when it's not takeout. Come on, it's just it's just the way that it is. No takeout steak is as good as one in a restaurant. And so there is that sense of normalcy that we want, again, and we, and we hope um, for a lot of reasons, for, for us to give us that, for people to have their livelihoods back, and we want all that. But, but that also is the, the, the groundwork for a lot of folks that I know, tons of musicians out there that play in places, that, that utilize music studios, that, that, that really um, – rely on people getting out there because they are performing musicians they don't they don't just record in studio and and put it on the internet they they, a lot of them are people that 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 is a big part of their economy and their world and they're used to to interacting with hundreds if not thousands of people on a weekly basis and, and they don't have that and so um as people have talked about musicians and the ones that are out there and i know that there have been some really cool um Really cool uh, podcast that I've heard where it's talked about where people can, can go and get help. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have been live streaming, and, and, and all that's great. But one of the things that I think gets missed is uh, something that I take for granted, and it is uh, the people that I know behind the microphone, the, the, the folks that I know that are behind that music that's being played. And some of them are very cool, very positive people that have really great stories to to share. Um, I want to share three a week with you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do this for the next few weeks. Uh, I was going to start and do it every week in May. And a couple of the interviews, because I'm sorry, but dealing with musicians, none of us are ever on a good schedule. So I'm going to do it for the next few weeks, at least the next four weeks. I've got um, three musicians uh, that I want to talk to real quick 
and actually bring you some of their songs. Uh, I have asked each one of them if it's cool if I play a song of theirs on the show. They've agreed to that. Uh, it's a chance for you to not only get to hear them, but to hear uh, something that they are really proud of as well. Uh, and, and in a couple of cases, I just chose my absolute favorite thing by them. Uh, but I hope you enjoy it. Uh, this week, uh, I'm bringing you three gentlemen who uh, who their music ranges in three very different spectrums. Um, all three of them from the great state of South Carolina. Two of them are South Florence Bruins, uh, which was kind of funny because I didn't know until I talked to, to the second one. Uh, and I think you'll really enjoy this. I, I really enjoy talking to them. Uh, all three of these uh, musicians have work out there that I absolutely love and could not be more excited to start off uh, this whole project with these three guys. Uh, first up is Robert Dew uh, from Wombat Junction. Uh, just I know we hint at it a little bit. Robert and I both lived in Florence together, Florence, South Carolina, um, for a few years. I only lived there for four years, but Robert and I crossed paths there. And so we'll mention that a little bit in the in the, in the the interview. I want to make sure that's clear. Uh, very cool guy, really neat and unique band uh, that really, it's a shame. They started seeing a lot of traction, and they had a lot of tour dates set up. Uh, I say tour dates. It, it wasn't necessarily a tour, but it seemed like it because they had gigs all around South Carolina. And then the bottom fell out with this, with the COVID stuff. Um, so it's it's probably a great opportunity for you to catch this band because when we come out of this, a lot of people are going to be talking with them. Uh, the first interview is here with Robert Dew from Wombat Junction. Well, uh, my first guest this week is uh, a, a guy that I actually have known for quite a while. I, his band has played around South Carolina for, for a while now, and I've gotten the opportunity to not only see them a couple times, actually play uh, and share the stage with them on a couple of nights. Uh, Mr. Robert Dew from uh, Wombat Junction. Robert, how are you? Doing great, man. How you doing? Good, good. So, so one of the things that Columbia people need to know up front is that you – and I and Mark Rapp all come from the same high school, which means absolutely nothing if you look at the type of music <laughs> I was playing. <laughs> no. Or, or you could say we had some pretty dang good band teachers that, that taught us a, a wide variety of appreciation for music. I'm not I'm not sure absolutely. what it is. So, uh, Robert, how, how long has Wombat Junction been together? We have been together as a group for a little over two years now. Okay. Um and uh, we switched drummers uh, maybe about a year in. Yeah. Um, Nick started playing with us. Uh, Nick McGill uh, from Dr. Roundhouse, Dirty Lowdown, uh, those groups, um, has been playing with us uh, for a little over a year now. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, about two years in one form or another. And, in, in, you know, in the word on the street, you know, the TMZ down low is that he had an in with the band somewhere. It's rumored to be related to one of the <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a little bit of nepotism involved there. <laughs> uh, now, Josh McGill is uh, our main songwriter. And, uh, I, I mean, we all participate in the songwriting, but he's just sort of a machine. He pumps them out. But, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're brothers. But uh, trust me, we'd, we'd hire him even if they weren't related. You guys have got I, – I love, I love the sound that y'all have. It's a, it's a, it's a very – 
very earthy kind of sound. Um, a lot of good uh, licks to your songs. I, I think you do a really good job of putting together some stuff musically. Josh, uh, the lyrics of the, of the of the songs really stand out in a lot of ways. Is that something that just came naturally to you guys? I mean, did y'all just start jamming and stuff just start flowing out like somebody turned on a tap? Or did y'all go through a process of, you know, cutting through a lot of crap before you kind of got there? Oh, there was definitely like a time period where there was some feeling out. Now, Sam, our other guitar player, and I played in a group together prior to this called the Juniors, but it was more of like a folk uh, trio kind of thing, you know, acoustic. Uh, so we we were really comfortable with each, with each other. And obviously, Nick and his brother are brothers, are you know, so they're they're pretty good. So it, it took us a little while to to mesh, but now I feel like because we we've and prior to the to the uh the pandemic we've we're pretty you know strict and religious about rehearsing once a week uh so we were able to to mesh fairly fairly quickly and find a a happy place as it were uh where we're all comfortable it's funny that you you mentioned the thing about y'all playing in a folk band i i did not realize that um one of the first times that uh, you guys ever played, when I when Duncan Sims and y'all, when we all played together at State Street Pub, Michael Gooding, the guitarist for us, had never heard you guys. And I remember we were sitting there watching you guys play, and Michael was just, I mean, he was just in awe of how great your vocals were. And I told him, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always thought that y'all's vocals were, were extremely uh, welded tightly. But I didn't realize that, that y'all had that folk background. It kind of explains a little bit about how, Y'all seem to define harmonies so well together, and it's so even. Is that really where you think it comes from? Well, yeah. I mean, totally. Well, I mean, a lot of that music, uh, just that style sort of lends itself to that. You know, when you're like Peter, Paul, and Mary, or Simon and Garfunkel, or the Everly Brothers, or, or whatever, what have you. Um, and then, because Sam and I have been playing together now for, geez, uh, about seven years Oh, wow. uh, which makes me feel really old when I say that. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, so we have gotten to a point where we can sort of uh, psychically find our place, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? When yeah. you get just so comfortable with playing with somebody or singing with somebody that you kind of know what they're going to do. So you can base your decisions on that. Uh, and then, you know, Josh is, is uh, just has just a, a natural ability uh, for it so it's uh and and nick as well so it's uh it's really all uh it, it's it's come together you know i mean it's it's really nice to find a group and i know you you know this as well when you when you hit that sweet spot and you have that that chemistry with a group of people that where things just seem to mesh uh you know that it, it's it's really it's unique and it's a it's a special feeling and it's a lot of fun yeah absolutely so you you guys have uh, just released a CD not long ago, like right right before we all started getting quarantined. Yes, up, right. Uh, we had our CD release show was scheduled. I don't remember the date now at this point off the top of my head, but yeah. we were like we were ready to go. We were going to do it at Curiosity, and then we had uh, Rhythm on the River lined up right after that. Uh, so we were pretty jazzed. You know, things were picking up a good bit for us, and then uh you know the the pandemic hit and, you know, i mean obviously this is the like the least of anyone's worries what happens to anybody's <laughs> sure. band you know yeah, i mean sure. but like but at the same time you know it was kind of like oh fiddlesticks so yeah. um 
we did uh, we did a live stream, you know, partially where the camera was facing us, <laughs> um, and uh, and you know, and we've done some stuff online, you know, like made some videos or whatever. Yeah, my, and released it. So my wife oh, and I had my wife and I had the best time with that live stream. We were we were wanting to uh, really support you guys, so we both had it on our phones, going on our phones, and um, the the camera was turned the wrong way. And she kept saying, like, turn around, turn around. So I put something. I was like, hey, guys, turn around, turn around. And then, next <laughs> thing I know, she put underneath. Every now and then, I get a little bit anxious. Right. To the yeah, best no. of all my years of going. So we start just going, like, this is the this is the best live stream ever. I, they sound great. I think we're funny. And you get a good look at how well uh, fit their door jam is. I mean, th there's no <laughs> settling in that house. It was, it was great. No, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, once we figured it out, like, you know, it's all in good fun. And uh nobody was like too stressed out I, about it. I am so. curious uh how did you guys find out did somebody call oh yeah no uh Sam's husband uh sent a text was like hey the camera's backwards and we we're like oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but we you know we all had a big laugh and it was you know if you can't if you can't laugh at yourself then you know you got bigger problems oh, hell yeah man so you know, when I, when I listen to you guys, your on-stage presence is great. You guys have a lot of fun. Um, like I said before, you, the, the, the music that you guys do is, is incredible. I, I'm, I'm always, you know, I always pay close attention to the covers that people, that people will throw out during their sets. And, and you know, y'all's, I don't want to say it's all over the place, but it is, there's a widespread of covers that you guys pull for. And, 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 and you, and you do a really good job. I mean, I've, I've heard y'all knock out Tom Petty covers that uh, most people don't realize the nuance of, of of those songs and how they can get kind of sticky for some folks. And you guys just throw stuff out there left and right. I, I'm curious, what do you think when you look at, you know, maybe if you divide the group in half where you got you and Sam and then you got the the two brothers and, you, and you're looking at, obviously there's been some history amongst y'all that way. Where do you think the, the main drive and the main um, inspiration for the songs that y'all write, not the ones you cover, but the songs you write, where does that come from? Um, it's, I think it comes from all over the place. I mean, because a lot of times, you know, most of the songs we've done, it's been somebody comes in with, you know, either the chords or some lyrics or a riff, you know, like, and then we all just, or, or both, like somebody comes in with like the chords and, uh and the lyrics you know and then we just sort of start to hammer away and like but as far as like inspiration for for specific songs it's really up to the uh to the to the author i suppose the composer uh, either way um but like with josh you know he's really big into into and and to social activism and things like that so a lot of his songs sort of have that edge to it sort of like a a uh, political activist kind of edge, whereas, you know, Sam's songs tend to be more personal and about, you know, personal experiences and, and, and I'm the, the lone country fan in the band. So my tunes <laughs> tend to tend to edge a little more country with my dog and my pickup and getting drunk <laughs> with mama, you know? So, um, I don't even own a pickup. I just totally lied to you, but, um, <laughs> um, what, but you can't really sing a song about me and my Honda CRV. Right. You know? Although well, that, I, that does know, rhyme, that, that's, that you might rhymed, be onto something. Well, yeah, I could be. I could be with with my car seat in the back. That's right. Um, that's right. Uh, but anywho, uh, yeah, you know, everybody kind of has their own 
sort of mojo, and then when you put it in the soup, it comes out like Wombat Junction. That's Well, one of the things that I think is, is really kind of neat, and you kind of hit on it there, um, some of the, some of the songs really are kind of hard hitting. Josh does a a great job of of making his his uh, voice known on on the activism that he that he feels so inclined to go out there and speak about. Um, some songs are probably a little bit more uh, blunt than others, like thoughts and prayers, and the other ones are a little bit more subtle. One of the things that's interesting, though, and I've always I've always had so much respect for the way that he writes songs and, and the way y'all do this as a band, though, is I I get where he's coming from but i never feel like the show is always just that and i don't feel like stuff's being ran down my throat you know what i mean and i and i've 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 always really dug the way that that you guys have held that balance is that on purpose or is that just the way you guys just tend to put your set list together well i think it kind of it, it maybe accidentally on purpose if that makes sense um yeah. because i don't think any any of us want that vibe because if you if you come out at somebody like that then if they're not like 100 percent on board with what you're talking about you're going to automatically turn them off and we don't want to do that you know like we don't want to like exclude anyone from from what we're doing and people are a lot more likely to to hear your message at least they might not agree with it but at least hear it if you're not yelling at them you know what i mean yeah uh, and so, and part of it too, I think is because, um, I, I'm usually the one that ends up doing most of the talking, uh, when we play out and I, I, you know, I don't want to, to, to do that, you know, like I, I, everybody, like, especially at the, the, at the level that we're at doing this, people are out at bars trying to have a good time, like take, taking a load off of work and trying to forget whatever's been going on all week. So the last thing they want is me up there yelling about this, that, or the other, you know, I yeah. mean, just, you know, like, come on, have a good time. And you know, whatever happens is whatever happens. Where, where do you find your personal inspiration with the, the way you play bass? I, I've always thought you yeah, a really smooth way that you play. Um, I love the way you play guitar. What, what, what's your, what's your deal with that? Um, I actually started playing in bands, playing bass, back in, in Florence, back in the flow town. Uh, cause that was the only way I could get in a band. <laughs> uh, cause everybody, else everybody had guitar. guitar players. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the, like, the only way I could, could get in a, in a decent band was if I played bass. And, uh, so I did that for a while there, you know, hanging around Parker music. I'm sure you remember Alan yeah. Johnson, all those guys. Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, when I got into college, you know, I was playing in jam bands and, and switched to guitar um, but then, you know, the opportunity came up to do bass for Wombat Junction and I was like, all right, fine. You know, and it took me a while to get my like sort of sea legs back with it. But I try to, I, in, I try not to be what people notice. Do you know what I mean? Huh? Like, unless you're less Claypool or Flea, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, or like Stanley Clark or, you know, or Jocko or like, if you're, if you're like the the guy in the group then sure but you know like other mainly what i want to do is just hold it down and uh and and keep it keep it moving and and be more part of the rhythm section than than in like an individual instrument you know as far as players go you look at guys like mike mills um pete uh, entwhistle uh 
uh, Chris Squire, you know, guys like that, that are, I mean, obviously I'm nowhere near those guys by any stretch of the imagination, but that sort of philosophy as far as like, uh, just sort of blending in and, and, and keeping it going and keeping it steady. That's, it's interesting that you say that because you do, you, you're, you're, your sound does certainly have a presence when you play. I think there's something uh, about as as sturdy as your foundation is that actually sticks out. And so it's kind of interesting. I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm not arguing with you by any means. I, I, I completely agree with you. But I do think there's something interesting with the way you played. I, I've always loved listening to you guys play, and I, I certainly like the way uh, that you hold it down with, with Wombat Junction. So I'm curious, before I let you go here, I know we don't know what's on the horizon, um, but do you guys have anything else you're going to do? Any other live streams? You you have anything scheduled for the future? What, what what's going on with y'all right now? The only thing we have set in stone because everything we had booked because we only booked like two three months out. Yeah, you know, uh, and everything we had booked has been canceled up until this point. I mean, we had something at Foxfield scheduled for May, and you know, obviously that's yeah not looking like that's going to happen. So, um, but I, May 24th, some version of us, I'm not sure, uh, exactly how we're going to pull it off is going to be on, uh, the WXRY, the Sunday show they do. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so we're going to be there plugging the album and, and doing a, some acoustic tunes. Um, so if, for folks out there listening, uh, May 20, Sunday, May 24th, uh, check us out. I think it's at eight. Don't quote me on that. Um, I, I'm, that's, I'm not good at promoting. Things. I should have, I should have, I should have had that. Should have had that. Sam do this stuff. I tell you. I oh yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about it. You actually, you, you drew the short straw, my man. Um, uh, but beyond that, yeah, we'll probably do some more live streams and we'll put out some videos of some of the songs uh, that are on the album, you know, just to, to let folks know, Hey, you know, we're still here. And as soon as the, the veil lifts, uh, then we'll get back out there and, and get back to doing what we love to do. All right. As I let you go here, I've got, because I do this with the, the folks that I've known and that I have a history, uh, with, I have five rapid fire questions for you. I don't want you to take sure. too much time. Impulse answers are the best. So who, Robert Dew, are you sitting comfortably? Are you ready for your five rapid-fire questions? Go for it. All right, here we go. Number one, where is your favorite place to play in Columbia? Uh, Foxfield. If you are stranded on a desert island, you can only choose one of the McGill brothers. Which one do you take with you and why? Oh, God. Um, I'm going to say Nick because Josh just does these nonstop dad jokes, and I couldn't take that. <laughs> uh, of all the bass players that are around the Columbia area, which one do you enjoy listening to the most? Oh, wow. Um, jeepers. Um, uh, Chris Paget. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, it, it, when you're when you're sitting back listening to your country music and your CRV, who do you go to for inspiration when you need that jolt? Uh, from country music? Um, probably, um, lately, George Jones. Okay, all right. And the last and final question, you got to have an answer here, so I need to hear it. Best Southside South Florence music teacher is it Doc or Christine Fisher? You know, I uh, 
it would be Christine Fisher because she's the only one that I knew because I was I wasn't even cool enough to be in the band. I was in the chorus. Oh, <laughs> <I got> it. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I didn't know that. I didn't know you weren't in the band. I thought I could have sworn that you were in band. No, no. I, I thought I for was... some reason, you know what? I thought for some I'm... reason you were friends with David Daly, and I could have sworn I... you play brass. Yeah, I am. I am friends with David Daly, but uh, but because he was also in the chorus. Oh, you know what? I was I was close friends with David Daly. I didn't know he's in chorus. Yeah, he was in how the Coraliers. How did he keep school, that from yeah. me? I, I probably just repressed all that. You know, I think John, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's I, playing in a, in a good band. Uh, wherever he, I can't remember the name of him right now, but check him out. Go yeah, on his. Yeah, they're over page. over there in Augusta. Go. I think I, I might try to get him on here as well while we're doing music, and uh, I'm kind of focused on South Carolina. Augusta's close enough. I'm sure they come over towards Aiken and play every night. Sure. Yeah. Well, Robert, listen, it, it is great uh, to, to talk to you. I, I appreciate you coming on today. So, uh, WXRY. Uh, at eight o'clock, we believe I'll double check those and, and I'll, I'll promote that a little bit, but if anybody wants to hear your music, check out more about you guys, where do they go? Um, the CD it's called uh, wombat junction, the long game. You can get it on bandcamp.com slash wombat junction. Um, there's also, uh, obviously Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and, um, we have a website, wombatjunction.weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. Uh, so that has all of our merchandise, links to all of our videos, um, all that good stuff. Everything you want to find on a website is there. Uh, so uh, if folks can go check us out, we sure would appreciate it. Awesome. Robert, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you being on. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeff. Like me better when I was quiet.
That was uh, Underneath My Skin by Wombat Junction from their new album, uh, The Long Game. You can check that out uh, over there at their website. Really cool album. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of cool, funky stuff on there. And as I said before, their harmonies are, are absolutely fantastic. Speaking of harmonies, uh, the next band that I wanted to bring on is one that I was impressed with. The first time I ever saw them was in a an Irish pub here in town. And um, all I knew was that they were some just some, some duo. This dude that plays guitar and a girl that plays a ukulele. And it sounded to me like something you'd probably seen in the backdrop of the coffee shop on Friends. I didn't really know what to expect, right? Uh, go in. Uh, these two are, are great musicians. They certainly know how to entertain a crowd. They've got a great following around the southeastern United States. But they have friends all over the country and, and, and constantly tour well when we're all able to. Um, but I've, I've always enjoyed uh, their style of music and what they do. Uh, here is my interview with uh, Jeff Pitts, uh, half of the duo Prettier Than Matt. Well, uh, next up uh, for the bands that I've been dying to talk to, uh, is one of my favorite bands, not just in the Columbia area, but but one of my favorite bands to go see anywhere. Uh, this band has been playing around this, these parts for a while. Mr. Jeff Pitts from Prettier Than Matt. Jeff, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Those I'm fine. Positive words, man. Thank you. Oh, I'm finding that saying pits and then prettier, or I've got to practice that more. I didn't. I didn't think that that uh, that alliteration would be throwing me off here uh, a good bit. But uh, no, Jeff, it's great to have you on. Uh, you've been in the Columbia area for how how long now? Uh, seventeen years. I moved here in '03. Yeah. Okay, and just just for the record, uh, you are uh, West Florence Knight, South Florence Bloom. You're West Florence Knight correct i'm a bruin man oh you are yeah oh i i had that wrong all right so so uh just just so you know also on this week's show from wombat junction was robert dew another south florence bruin so the three of us are all combining our south florence forces to uh to bring some of the best entertainment to the midlands this week so they, they, i love it i guess it's the right place that's right the midlands. that's right now you guys you guys have been uh, you and jessica have been a duo for for quite a while in this area you you've done a couple of other iterations with with bands or or, or something that you put together i just i've seen from following y'all um do you still do stuff with other bands now is it primarily just y'all when you when you travel you know, what what is your your focus what does it look like or what's it been like over the past couple of years the focus has been the duo. We um we've done iterations of the duo, like making it more of a band for certain events, like you know if we're doing like Rhythm of the River, where there's so many people and it's like a big event, we try to make it kind of eventful, yeah, by bringing people on board with us, yeah. But we found that um, I mean, I think the magic, quote unquote, if we have it, would be in the duo because we've done other members of the band before, having have a drummer and a bassist and keyboards and stuff like that come in on it and um it's always worked fine it just hasn't been something we felt necessarily better about right and um also i learned like we had a rhythm on the river once and we wanted to we planned we hired a band and we practiced for weeks with the band to get it right and then we got rained out <laughs> Dude, <laughs> and i still sucks. i'm still gonna pay the band guys with you know i'm still gonna pay everybody yeah <laughs> so i was like well we'll do it when it, you know we have a a guarantee of a show and so you know we like uh we put an album out this year don't know exactly when yet but later this year we're gonna put out another cd be it um ep or a full length we don't really know yet yeah but we may hire a band for that too so we do like that but when we tour and stuff it's me and jessica and then we'll have sometimes like a 
one of our buddies, um, Caitlin, who comes sell merchandise for us and stuff like that. So we can kind of focus on playing and she can handle that for us. So it's funny, you know, you guys have been in this area whenever, you know, people are sitting around talking about bands that they want to go see. Your name's brought up. You guys are extremely well known throughout this area. One of the things that I, I was shot one day while I was talking to you, it was I think it was the Ita- the Italian festival back when they still had that like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like either you guys were playing. Jeff Lucero was playing somewhere, and I ran into you guys, and we and you and I struck up a conversation, and you just casually mentioned that you're getting ready to to head out to Colorado. You guys tour really all around the United States, don't you? Yeah, we've been all the way to Seattle, and uh, I say that because it's the furthest place we've been possible from here. Well, that's <laughs> but, like um, that's like going to Mars in Seattle. I mean, that, that, yeah, that couldn't be and, further away, man. And it was awesome. Well, we did. Um, we, we haven't done a tour this year. This year's all kinds of crazy. I mean, obviously with COVID nineteen stuff, and then add on like with that, Jessica's wedding got moved, and the stuff that we're having to reschedule and change. So we're not going to really do any touring this year. But generally, we do. Uh, a bigger tour for you know our standards every year and um last year i think we did uh went to colorado and back last year i think yeah okay. and a lot of times it'll come from one like seed planted like someone booked us to play a wedding in breckenridge colorado and we're like well if we're gonna go to breckenridge to play a wedding we may as well play on the way there on the way back yeah it doesn't make any sense to just go there for one show and you can't really fly for one show unless they rent all the equipment but then i get kind of control freaky i'm like well we need this equipment because i can't use that equipment right <laughs> so, yeah but um you know as i was telling you before we started that I, you know i'm i can run equipment and use it but i'm not necessarily good at it right. so i kind of get used to what I, I know how to do and um so we decided to go on a little tour so we went through um new orleans and uh then up through uh texas and then trying to think exactly because it's been so long <laughs> I used to, I used to have this stuff better in my mind memorized. And now I, it's all like almost a blur. Well, I think I think being at home, we've all gotten kind of like uh, that cabin brain or something like that. But I, I want to go back to that tour because I remember following you on Facebook, and you had like kind of a crazy mishap that happened somewhere around New Orleans, didn't you? Where did you have to go to the hospital? Oh, huh. yeah, that was New Orleans. Yeah, uh, yeah that, I, I, I how'd you forget hospital. that? <laughs> See, that's what I said, man. Like, I'm almost like blurry. We did a tour in 13, 14, 15, 16, and then I think we did 17 and 18 as well. So yeah. I don't know. Every year we've done one since 13. So I'm starting to like used to have these great stories of tour, and now they kind of all go together. But um, they're not, and they're not that big of tours. But anyway, I'll, I mean they're short, but still they run together now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in New Orleans last year. We were uh, okay. Me and Jessica in the car. We listen to comedy all the time. It's all we listen to pretty much when we drive together is comedy. Right. And there was this comedian Hannibal Burris. Yeah. And he had this uh, thing about a place called Coops in New Orleans. So we we decided when um, we were meeting one of her friends from back where she's from in Woodruff, lives in New Orleans now. And we met her, and she said, "Let's go." We said, "Can we go to Coops?" So we went there, ate at Coops, and um, we were excited. We got this cool chicken that they're known for their their flavoring and seasoning and all that. And I started eating it. And for years, I've had a problem. Um, it runs in my family where my esophagus seems to be shrinking over time. Yeah. And I knew eventually that I need to get it stretched, which isn't that big of a deal to do. But when you find out you really have to do it, it's a big deal. So what happened was I was eating and once again, food got stuck. But that's happened to me so many times in the past decade. And usually a simple sip of soda gets rid of it. Okay. It just for some reason I guess it burns the acid, you know, corrosion off batteries in a car it can put the food <laughs> down your esophagus. You know? Right. So this it wasn't working and it kept sticking and uh, basically um, it just ended up not going away and I'm laying on the ground 
in New Orleans and people think I'm a drunk guy in the middle of the day and I wasn't (laughs) (laughs) you know that's not it's it's the worst place he's one of them rock and rollers over there touring through and and I was in so much pain and like uh and Caitlin and Jessica were trying to help and um so are Jessica's friends and we're uh it just wasn't going away so eventually we take off we think we're going to the hotel get the trailer eventually this will pass right and um, we, were, we were headed to Dallas, Texas that night. So it was kind of a, one of the longer drives we had to do at one time. And um, so I threw up. I had never done that with this problem before. And then I felt like better for a second. Like I was, okay, I think it's, I think I'm good. Yeah. I'm sorry, that was gross, but I think I'm good. And uh, then it just kind of slowly built back up in about a 40-minute window of time. And then I finally said, let's, we were about an hour out of New Orleans at the time. We went to a hospital and a minute clinic kind of thing in Baton Rouge. Then they said, they took me in the back and they checked it and said, something's in there. And they sent me to the hospital. So ended up having a uh, endoscopy, I guess. Yeah. What's called? Yeah. Yeah. And they ended up pulling it out. They had, they said it was, they showed me it was a huge piece of chicken that I had chewed, but when it went down (laughs) where it was still connected, it kind of got back together. Oh my god! Ball of chicken and it, um, and basically they they couldn't give me the surgery or the the procedure to stretch my esophagus at that time because they can't do two things at the same time with endoscopy. So they said, "We'll get you back next week." And I'm like, "Well, I live in Columbia, South Carolina. I can't get this done. I can't be back here next week." Yeah. And um, so then they ended up telling me they'll hook me up with some doctors here. We, We finished the tour and basically I took baby bites the rest of the way. And um, when I finally like uh. I think November I got the procedure done here in Columbia, but yeah, basically this food got stuck in my throat in the middle of the tour. Luckily it was our first day off. Yeah. So we didn't have a show that night and we did play the next night still. So we did end up pulling it together for that. And oh, you know, singing was kind of hard, but um, <laughs> I was going to say the singing had to be impossible the next night. Yeah. And so I kind of, I built it up kind of slow. I didn't get right back into doing <laughs> like a full and luckily we have two. Jessica's the main singer I'd say. Uh, so we have that going. So if one of us is ever sick, the other can kind of cover. The other can kind of pull that out. Yeah. Well, you you know what's funny about you guys. Speaking of your act, um, it, it you know whenever people talk about you, you guys have you're both wonderful musicians, great voices. Your harmonies are uh, you know second to none as far as especially anyone that I've seen around here. And and they're you know there's one of the reasons why I'm doing this show is there are some wonderful bands, but you guys really really do mesh very well together your mannerisms on stage you can tell you've been together for a while well one of the things i think is really kind of interesting about about y'all i remember the first time i ever saw you a buddy of mine was like hey let's get out uh we need to go somewhere and uh, the, uh it was the british bulldog and i and i saw you guys i remember the table i was sitting in and i was like all right so it's just some duo sure I'll, I'll, I'll sit and listen to anybody and i was blown away i mean your stage presence was great um you you you, you play a lot of uh, funky stuff some really cool covers and really get everybody into it you you you're you're masters of getting everybody in the room to pay attention and i think a lot of times people when i talk to them about y'all it's like hey do you know this band or have you ever talked to them yeah we're going to go see them they're great i love it when they cover this or they do that and then I think I was probably the same way the first time I ever heard you guys, and I bought your CD that night, and that was the Better Left Said um, uh-huh, CD purple. that I got. Yeah. yeah. And um, the songs on that CD blew me away, Jeff. Like, that is one of – I've told people before, there are some songs on that on that CD that I think are some of the most underrated as far as um, – you know, just songs that I hear, but especially local local musicians. I mean, I broke up with the girl I was dating for two years because of Gotta Be More. 
I mean, I, I like it. Really? It, yes. It, I see. I swear to God, I've told the story on the show before. I was, and I don't think people know this is the song that I've talked about. But I was in my car. That song came on, and I went in and broke up with her that night. I got my grandmother's cookbook and a chair that I had over there and left. Like, it, it, like I mean, some of those songs are um, already gone. Is was one of yeah. my favorites. Uh, yours on the taken away. You know, you talk about your vocals um, and something as 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 gut wrenching as a song like that that you could tell it's got a lot of uh, there's a lot of soul uh, it, in that song. You know, I think that your vocals come across very meaningful. And then you know, some of your covers that you guys have done, like um, the the one y'all do of time after time, is one of my my favorites that you've you, one of the covers you've recorded. And I I think that. Um, I've I've always been blown away by that. When you guys, what's it like for y'all? Because I know that it's not like oh yeah we got to go do this cover because everybody wants to hear it. I can tell you're having fun with it, um, but there's a lot of meaning and a lot of um, a, a lot of angst even probably that goes into some of these very deeply emotional songs that you guys write. How, how do you balance that out with yourself when you're on stage? Well, first off, I'll say, wait till the new one comes out. That's going to be the most depressing one we ever did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I had a pretty rough 2019, so I've been, and today's Mother's Day. This is actually the anniversary of my mom's death as well. Today. Oh, no, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Jeez. And, well, first anniversary. So I, yeah. I, last night I said if I wrote a song that I actually was kind of happy with. I mean, not happy with because of why I wrote it. I'm happy yeah. with how it came out. You know? um, but, uh, I mean, for us, it's cool. I mean, I, I know I think I'm, I'm more, what's the word? I get pretty much not annoyed by any covers. Now, when someone says play something good or and it gets mad, we don't know how to play a Luke Bryan song yeah, or something. Yeah, sure, like, yeah. I don't mean that. Thinking, I mean the no, stuff I'm, you've I'm, already I'm, got planned, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I, that gets on my nerves. But, I mean, uh, generally speaking, I kind of – I don't ever see this playing the same thing twice. I mean, even if we played the, the, way, the way we feel 400,000 times, it doesn't really feel that way to me. Yeah. Jessica might tell you something different, uh, but um, I feel pretty <laughs> – if the crowd's liking it, I'm more paying attention to the crowd, how they're reacting to the song, or if they like it more so than how I feel playing it. Cause I'm more, both of us are pretty much um, drawn off the crowd a little bit. So if the crowd is quiet, we're probably going to play a pretty chill set. If they keep, you know, not break, not reacting or whatever. Cause we try to bring, as you said, we try to bring everybody in. Um, Cause I kind of like, I was in the heavier rock music and stuff. And when I became kind of more of an acoustic act, I refuse to be the guy in the corner playing Brown Eyed Girl no one was listening to. Yeah. yeah. I just refused. I'd refuse to be that. And um, so we've always been pretty good at getting the crowd involved, but we don't have, there's been some, you know, Thomas writing an article or people talk about cover bands, original bands. And I don't really, I've never believed in one or the other. Like I, to me, we're just a band. We do a bunch yeah. of songs yeah. and we write a bunch of songs. And so it doesn't really bother me to be a cover band to some people in their minds, but hopefully if they reach in, they know we're not. And we always have CDs right there for sale. And we also always play original songs at every single show. So in that regard, I feel pretty good about being a band that plays a lot of cover songs yeah. and plays original songs. It's cool with me, but it doesn't never really gets to me. I mean, it, it like I said, this energy doesn't change no matter how many times we play the song to me personally, because if we're playing it for the hundredth time in the year, it probably means it's going pretty well. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So, well, I'd, yeah. before I let you get out of here, I've, I've got two quick questions for you. Um, number one, I, I'm really just curious. You and Jessica obviously do very well. You've got great rapport. You, you're the the way you write songs together, and again, like I said, your harmonies are are beautiful and brilliant. Um, what do you think has been the secret? If you could wrap it all up, 
I mean, I'm sure you can sit here and, and wax poetic on it for forever, but but what do you think has been the secret of y'all's longevity and in, in the success that you guys have had? What do you think that is? Well, um, woo, <laughs> I should have thought of this before I talked to you. Um, and next time I'll ask somebody, what are the questions ahead of time? No, I will never do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I, uh, people that ask me that, I give them fake questions anyway. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> See, I would never ask. I can't. Um, we had a, a thing on uh, my internet there, and we had to answer a question on the spot. And we did pretty yeah. good, but I started, my brain starting to realize it's starting to have to work again. Yeah, that's kind of I think that, I mean, it's pretty honest. I mean, we're not. Um, I mean, I, a lot of musicians would tell you that, and they would they would be. They'd be telling the truth. But um, we, I okay for one thing about us that I grew up a big uh, a Bon Jovi fan, big Bon Jovi fan, still am. And when I was a younger, I used to always follow their set list. So they would uh, every night you'd walk and they'd post the fans would post their cells and it changed every single night. Yeah. And I know other bands that do that Pearl Jam, Dave Matthews, but there's a lot of bands that do that. And some bands also play the same thing every night. Sure. So every show we play every single show, I make a fresh set list for it. And to me, it's fun. That's the fun part of it. And for Jessica, she doesn't really know what we're going to play that night. until she starts reading it from the cellist as we're playing it. <laughs> so that's funny. <laughs> and by ours, from our perspective, it's going to be a little different every night. There's definitely mundane moments, you know, when you play, whatever bar for the whatever time there's moments that happen where you kind of get kind of, uh, but I feel like we're, as you mentioned, crowd, we bring the crowd in. I think longevity has to do with people still coming to see you. If people quit coming to see us, we just figure something else out. You know, obviously. Right. Yeah. And also writing songs because, you know, we have a thing in our band where we have a rule. We have to put out a new original piece every single year, a new release. And so that kind of keeps us going because we always have something else to, put out or to say whatever you want to you know how you want to say it but the little bits of tour we're regional we don't just stay in columbia we always playing regionally then we do as you mentioned the tour once a year so i think that like i mean honestly <laughs> it's like such a hard question to answer <laughs> but uh don't be stuck in a rut with what you do i mean some people are the same kind of every i mean you you, you said you listen better like said there's no way that album could be called the same song 12 times Sure. It's, it's not at all. And um, so I just think it's diversity in our set. I mean, because it keeps me and Jessica entertained as well. Yeah. And we're entertained by the audience quite a bit. I mean, Jessica brings it up a lot when we're playing. You know? You're entertaining us, too. Yeah. Oh, and that's, that's awesome. part of it. You know, I don't know. That's probably not a very good answer, but it's definitely an answer. <laughs> I, so. I, actually, I actually think that's a great answer. And I think it's a very honest answer. So I appreciate it. What One last question. Well, let me ask you first, kind of a, a a prequel to the question. Did you go to South Side as well? Yes. Okay, perfect. Because I've asked Mark Rapp this, I've asked Robert do this, and so I have to throw it out to you. If you got to choose one of them, which one was a better band teacher, Christine Fisher or Doc? I never had either one of them. You didn't have either <laughs> so, one of them? How old are I you? I had no music classes in school. Oh, I didn't know that. Are you see? Well, so it's so funny because your your guitar style is it's funny that you said Bon Jovi. I, whenever I listen to you, it's obvious. It, it's just incredibly obvious to me that either you are a extremely well tuned classical, gu classically guitar trained, or and, and I know some people think this is crazy, but but guitarists our age will, will understand this. Or you were a huge metal fan growing up. I was a huge metal. Okay, I, a, I mean hard rock metal. I was like, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I could, that's what I learned guitar on. All right, I can yeah. I could tell that. So I didn't so I I just assumed that you were with you know it's funny I asked Robert to do that question and he was not in the band. He was uh he was in the uh, chorus and I, I didn't know. So apparently it was just me and Mark Rapp. I didn't know that the rest of y'all weren't in band class with all, all of us. So that's 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 I did that's I did a, a couple classes in college but they didn't uh I mean ended up dropping out of one because he told me that the Kiss concert I went to didn't count as a concert. <laughs> gotcha. I was like, yeah, this is stupid. Yeah, I'm out of this. I'm out of this. Yeah. Well, listen, Jeff, I appreciate you being on real quick. People want to find out more about you guys, uh what you're doing, where to get your music. What's the easiest thing for them to do? Well, prettythemat.com is pretty simple and then we're on all the socials and we keep everything up to date so i mean every aspect of all the websites and stuff is always up to date and we're a lot of streaming lately so um you can see us at least three times a week on the internet playing so excellent well jeff listen i really have always enjoyed y'all's music i'm looking forward to the new album coming out thanks so much for for spending a little bit of time today and uh, looking forward to catching you guys at your next gig soon whenever we get up and uh playing here i'm ready for it man all right take care man all right bye-bye Yeah, I'm ready.
Okay. So here's the thing. All right. I don't want any of your funny crap on this one. We're going to do this. This is all serious. This is a big, serious interview. Oh. I hope you haven't been drinking all day. I mean, we're in, we're in semi, we're in quasi quarantine. You're not, you're, uh, supposed to be, you're supposed to be keeping yourself well hydrated. This kind of changes everything, but uh, sure, we can, we can try to have a serious one. I mean, it's not like every time we're together we're drinking or something like that. We can have a sober conversation. Of course we can. All right. Either that was a beer or a shotgun. <laughs> the hell was that? It was a beer. Yeah, as a shotgun and beer. All right. Yeah. All right. You ready for this? Be serious. All right. Totally here we go. Serious. All right. Serious. Here, here we go. go. Uh, with me today is a gentleman that you've uh, heard on here a couple times before. As a matter of fact, you've heard his music. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on right now, doing a lot of solo work. Um, but that, that's that's kind of underselling it. He's working with a lot of really cool artists right now. Something I want to talk to him about. You know him from his days from Loch Ness Johnny and American Gun. And most recently, The Blacksmiths featuring Dan Merble. It's Don Merkel. Don, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Good. So, uh, not too long ago, you, um, you had, I mean, the, 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 it's about a little more over a year ago, the iteration of The Blacksmiths that we had that was like 20 of us in the band, started to dissipate, but the core of the blacksmiths stayed together. Um, a few months ago, you decided to disband that core of blacksmiths and went off on your own. Since then, the world has, play, has been plagued by a pandemic, and everyone's blamed Donald Trump because he was on The Apprentice. Do you feel that you've gotten away scot-free for causing this havoc on the world? Uh, it didn't occur to me, but... It feel like you're making some sort of correlation you're connecting some dots is that what you're trying to tell me yeah well it's just it's maybe my own tinfoil hat theory but those all seem to be true at least in my mm. own mind uh in all seriousness or at least half seriousness you've been doing this now the 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 solo gig now for a little bit and it's and it's it seems funny to me to say that it is a solo act because you've been working with some pretty fantastic artists in studio to help produce the songs and the um, the videos that you've been putting out over the past few months, how's yeah. that been? Like, is it is it different working with studio and video? Like, what's what's that been like having to move from working with a band to working with artists like that? Um, it's 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 fun. I mean, it's it's just a it's a different way of doing it. Um, and working in the studio. Uh, I'm working with uh, Evan Simmons, by the way, and Zach Thomas um, over at the Jam Room. Um, it's just been a lot of fun. It's a lot of experimentation. It's a lot of uh, kind of just putting heads together and trying different things, trying you know six, seven, eight different things. And even if it doesn't work at all, you know, it's down there, and then we can you know just take it away if we don't want it. But it's just been a, just a really fun sort of new experience. Um, I guess I can say it's like a just like just doing things in, in a different way and going in a different direction. And it's, so it's just sort of exciting just to be doing something a little bit different. You've, you've, you've experimented with videography before. Some of the, some of the old, um, some of the old iterations of different bands have had videos put up. Uh, we've even done some live stuff before, but uh, this seems to be at a completely different level, especially when you look at the video that went with Phantom Limb. I mean, it, it was a, just a, a mind blowing 
video, uh, the the Columbia Marionette Theater uh, created a Don puppet and a bunch of other ones uh, and helped spell out that song in a visual way that was just just flooring to, to, to sit and watch. Did, did that one did that one amaze you as much as it made it amazed the rest of us when you did? Like, did you sit back and say, yeah, I've done videos before, but this is nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, that whole idea was Shelly McGee's idea about the puppet. Um, and she knew uh, this Collins. I knew I knew them too, but she was like, what do you what do you think about having a puppet of you? And I was like, well, that sounds awesome. And, uh, and so she got in touch with them and, and sort of wrote up this idea, and they were like, yeah, let's do it. So it was fun. It was, again, also kind of a new experience, which is – part of what I'm trying to, I think, get in touch with just sort of just do some new things and sort of not so much reinvent myself, but sort of reinvigorate um, the work I'm doing and kind of just, you know, find some new excitement. But it was neat. It was a lot of fun. And uh, it was, a, a, like I said, a new experience for me. And I really enjoyed it. And the Scotlands um, over at the Marionette Theater, Columbia Marionette Theater, they're you know, pure geniuses, and, uh, and they were really great, and it was a really, really fun experience. It was fun. Um, over the past couple of months, you've been doing more live streaming. Uh, it's something that a lot of musicians are obviously doing yeah. right now because we can't go gig anywhere. Right. Um, what's that been like? So, what, what have you thought about that so far? I know you've done a couple of them. What, what, what are your thoughts? Do you, does it feel weird to be doing that? I mean, you've done plenty of shows, and I'm not, you know, I'm all for knocking you whenever I get a chance. I'm not sure. knocking you here. There's plenty of shows that you've done, maybe an acoustic show, just you, or maybe you and Jason, where, I mean, eventually you're going to grab people's attention on a couple of songs, but a lot of times you end up being background music. Okay, that's what we're going to play here. That's fine. Um, yeah. It's got to be some kind of weird uh, culmination of that, and, man, there's there's 250 people watching me right now, but I don't have that interaction. What's that been like doing more of those live streams for you? Well, like like you said, it's it's weird, um, and I'm not sure I would ever get used to it. It's it's kind of fun too to to realize because I know there are people who can't come to shows a lot of times. Yeah, um, yeah, who live in different states or have kids or jobs or something that keeps them from some going to shows, and so for them it's really cool, and it's really cool to kind of get in touch with them and connect with them on that level. But it's something is just kind of weird about playing in front of a phone uh and i don't know i get self-conscious about looking at cameras as it is it just sort of it's just a strange feeling and so i always start thinking like overthinking like don't look at the phone don't look at don't looking around <laughs> yeah what are you do, what are you doing with your like i don't know like and it's just it's kind of a strange and i, I don't know what to do with my to. hands kind of thing. yeah yeah exactly. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I watch, I watch some of that back, and I'm like, what am I looking at? Because my eyes are all over the place. I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm like actively trying not to look at the camera, I think. But it's just, it's just, it's just weird. I guess that the more we do it, and I don't necessarily want to do a ton of them. I, I hope we can get back to playing live. But it may be the case that we have to do more of these. I just maybe we just get used to it the more we do them. It's funny. I was I was thinking about the other night when we were doing the the one on Friday, and um, you know, one of the cool things that I loved about playing with the blacksmiths is we we had a really good time on stage, and we didn't mind the audience being a part of that as well. And there there was a part of Friday night that kind of felt like that, and then I realized that that camera being a portal to everybody else, 
I wasn't sure if they were there. Like, they didn't see Brooke running to grab her phone whenever it was playing Christmas right. music or what that was, or Hilton suddenly stomping through in the back, and we're all making <laughs> jokes about it. And and yeah. and it's it's fun when we're we're when we're when we're live, and we seem to just kind of gravitate towards doing that. But I, there's obviously a part that gets missed in that translation. At the same time, though, you know, I'm sitting there watching people say things about the songs as we're playing them. And it's like they're, they're friends I haven't seen in a while. There's Christy, and there's this person, and there's that person, and they're, they're thumbs up in this, or they're requesting that. And it's like, oh, that's cool, and it feels like we're playing in front of friends, but we don't get to have that that interaction where everyone's there right. joking around with us. And it that that yeah. does seem to be um, – I'd like to give the blacksmiths credit for that. I, I, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'd give us all credit for it over you any day. But I, I do think that's something inherent – and the way your stage presence is, and that's got to be—that's got to be a weird thing for you when you're in front of the phone. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. Um, what another thing is <laughs> when you're playing live, and uh, and you make a mistake, it's almost immediately covered up by the next note or whatever, and it's, and it's gone. But when we're playing on this, uh, these videos are saved, and you go back and look yeah. at it. You can. You know, <laughs> And like you God. know where it is. You know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. yeah, I was telling somebody the other day, it's like, you remember when you'd go to like high school or middle school kids, like concerts, and you're just waiting. It's not like you're waiting to hear the song. You're waiting to hear the mistake. It's like, I know where I messed up in this. How how loud is it going to be? And it's 10 times louder when you hear it the second time around. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel, I, I do. So maybe I do. I feel a little bit more of a pressure to be, <laughs> to be better, I don't think to be perfect. <laughs> well, that's a, good, that's a great thing about studio work, Don, is you can go back and re-record it. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting about the time that you've done this, where you've really started going, and, and for for those that, that don't know, Don had started last year uh, and doing a lot of tours. Um, I think you I think you referred to them as house tours, but that that's not really what it is. Some of them have taken place at somebody's house. People pay some money. There's a great dinner. Don comes and, and does his thing. And some other things, you've gone to a um, uh, like a club and you've been able to play kind of a storyteller's kind of thing. You did something with the Avett brothers' dad not long before the quarantine, quasi quarantine, whatever we're in right now, started. Um, so you were doing, you were touring all around, and there there's this idea of this circuit where you'd be able to produce a song and, and get going. The thing I think is interesting about what you're doing now, and I'm, we're seeing all these irregularly gigging musicians who that's their livelihood, but they don't have it. You and I come from a different background. We we, we were both we both have jobs. Um, you were, you were, you had a job and you were in school. Don has now graduated from the world's greatest college, college of Charleston. Congratulations, Don. (laughs) Um, but you and I, you and I have jobs and we do the music and it's passionate about it. If we've got to pay extra musicians to come in or a sound guy here or there, or we got to get hotels for folks. Like that that's something I say we, cause you would still give me money, but still, but, but, but you know, <laughs> if we have to, that's something we can uh-huh. do. Transitioning though, from a guy who said, okay, I, I'm going to start putting money into this, in the studio, that, that, that studio time costs money. The artists that yeah. you're working with, the production, all that costs a lot of, a, a lot of cheddar. And I'm going to use it to get these other gigs and promote what I'm doing and my passion and then th- that that economy should work, and suddenly we are where we are. You know, you've got a really unique perspective where, yeah, you've got a job, and yeah, in this time period, you and I are are blessed people where it's not affected by what's going on. 
but still that part of you that artistic part of you you're, you're seeing that that in that other realm as well what what's that view been like for you what have you seen that surprised you as far as a i didn't realize it was this bad and what have you seen that says gosh you know what there's there's an avenue here to to make cash that we weren't paying attention to have, have you seen stuff like that uh man not really uh it's yeah it, it just i don't know man um I, I do see that there's some sort of um benefit to doing online concerts like i said reaching people you know would normally reach so that's interesting and something to maybe once things get back going again to roll into a regular routine every you know every so often do those to reach those people that you ordinarily can't reach um uh, i don't know what else is gonna like i don't know how this is gonna shake out i you know my my goal like i think you already touched on was to put out these these singles and these videos and have a sort of plan which is going pretty well <laughs> up until um and then sort of roll into uh playing music permanently or or solely um and that of course has been stalled i'm not exactly sure how it's going to pick up so i don't i don't really know i think there's a lot of um confusion right now amongst musicians that i know about how this is going to shake out people like once we start playing shows again how is that going to work and a lot of the venues you know they're still not not hiring anybody at the moment yeah yeah so um i don't know yet it's still kind of yet to be determined i think um, i'm still going to keep you know like you said um, i'm lucky enough I, I still have a job um and i had you know some savings and stuff so i was kind of working through some stuff to to make um make these these this album and these singles and videos um so i'm just going to kind of keep recording recording as much as i can and then um hopefully when things get back then i can uh, still have something that uh, some sort of board to jump off of and you know i'm not totally um without anything new anything relevant to out there but ultimately i don't know what gonna happen you know it's still a little it's nothing still up in there for everybody you you released a, a single yesterday alaska um and it's such a cool song and it's got it's got such a there's such a familiar don merkel thing about it but it also you've you've used it to kind of artistically stretch in a couple of areas like i i remember the first time you shot me a copy of that song i dug it but i wasn't quite sure what i was supposed to play this is back when the blacksmiths were together and i was like i don't know what i'm supposed to play on this Ended up, I ended up playing an accordion that I borrowed, maybe stole, from a lady uh, down the street. Uh, I still got to get that back to her. Um, and still, if I, I didn't bring it. The, do you know I didn't bring it to the live stream because I still feel guilty for having it. But uh, Oh, I thought maybe you were already giving it back. No, That's I haven't given it back. No, I felt guilty. I didn't want to be on another live stream with it. But uh, it went from being just like me and you and the, and the accordion and the guitar. And it's just kind of a hokey song, but it had this really cool feel to it. Uh, yeah, it, it went in the studio in this weird, artistic, very meta kind of feeling. That song really reached to a couple of different areas, and, and, and it seemed to have done it more than, than other songs have. What was so unique about Alaska when you were writing it that, that really you know, pushed you to stretch it the way that you did? Um, it, it really wasn't the, the, the way that song is written. It's, it's pretty simple, you know? Um, so it is also um i guess malleable like it can be 
it can be turned into a lot of different ways, I think. And we got in the studio. Uh, we just started experimenting with some uh, instruments, and there's a, um, a 60s um, electric piano, electric organ called a Parfisa. Yeah. That yeah. was in the studio. And uh, Evan Simmons, who's like this, this brilliant percussionist and piano player, and, and he, uh, I guess he played it before, or, or he just brought it out and said, what do you think about this? And it, he, he started playing it, and I was like, wow, that's so weird. And it just sort of worked, because it had that sort of um, horror movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know this is kind of sound weird, but yeah, because the song itself, it, the song itself, while having it's sort of a dark, a darker um, tone to it, uh, tonally, but there's an underlying sort of um, darkness to it that this spark piece that I thought kind of brought out and kind of created this moment. And so that was neat. And then we started experimenting with this little toy piano thing. And then it's, it I don't know, I think the, the way that song was written, it just made itself um, able to be turned into different, whatever style you wanted to do it in. And we ended up just sort of, I don't know, kind of meshing two or three different in there um i don't know like i said that it, it was sort of born the the song itself as recorded was born in the studio we just started playing with stuff and and experimenting with stuff until we found something that just said yeah that's let's keep going that way it's like a it's like you just start off and keep playing with stuff or something says all right this is the direction you go in and you play with a little more things and it sort of takes another turn another turn it took like two or three left turns in the studio but it always was sort of the song just sort of led it that way and the things that we had available to us sort of led it that way and it just it was really the way it turned out was just from being in the studio and being able to play with a whole bunch of different things a whole bunch of different sounds yeah well you've done you've done a heck of a job with um with the uh the, the music you've been writing lately the stuff you're putting out is just fantastic and 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 i i know that there's one song that's coming and i'm not i'm not here don to put you on the spot i'm not i'm not that kind of guy um, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I, I remember one time it wasn't long ago. I was listening to uh, Eric Clapton and Babyface when they were talking about like writing together, and and they were both talking mm-hmm. about what what they think is the most perfect song. And Eric Clapton and Babyface both said um, "Strawberry Fields" by the Beatles. I thought it was interesting. Uh, yeah, I've, I've I've always enjoyed listening to other musicians talk about the songs that they think are are perfect songs that, that just really fit the person and the moment and where it is. Um. Not that anyone ever would regard me as a musician or musically talented at, in, in any shape of the word. But I believe that that song for you exists, and I believe that song's coming out next. Not to put any pressure on you to make it perfect. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you sitting in the studio with your eyes about to close. I don't want your last thought to be me saying, Don, don't screw this up. But Don, <laughs> do not screw this up. Is it? Is that? Is that song coming? Or are you still going to put it on the back burner like you've done the past two years? Uh, no, it's definitely coming. Um, <laughs> jerk. Uh, <laughs> actually, we talked about it at the. I was in the studio last week, and I'm going back next this coming week to kind of finish or not finish, but like continue working on one of the songs I was working on. But also specifically, we talked about it to start that song you're talking about. And to kind of lay down some groundwork to see where we want to go with it. But yes, that's definitely, definitely 
uh, coming up. That's definitely not. Hey, you, hey, you know what? Fans of the local bar uh, have heard that song as a bumper, but it's just the copy <laughs> that I have. So, uh, yeah, yeah, still. Uh, well, Don, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of stuff, and I, and I know that you really want to be out there and touring like you have been, but you are dropping some great music, great videos. Um, you know, Thanks, I, 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 secondary to what you used to create with the blacksmiths. Let's, let's not, you know, sure. oversell it here by any means. But it right, is pretty right. incredible. Where can people go to find you and your stuff, uh, at least for right now, until you get back on the road again? Well, there's a bunch of places. Um, obviously, uh, Facebook at my website, proper website, it's just donmarkle.com. Um, all my videos and everything on YouTube, so it's just YouTube slash Don Markle. Um, so, yeah, all the social media, the, the Facebook and uh, donmarkle.com. And if you just go to the regular page, donmarkle.com, I can say it one more time, um, all the links to the to the other stuff are on there, to the YouTube, to the Facebook, to the Twitter and all that stuff. But um, And the singles that I've released so far, including the one I just released, are also available all digital outlets, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all, those, all the usual suspects. So it, it's out there. Um, like I used to say, just Google me, Chad. I, I was going to say, do you realize <laughs> that the first time I ever interviewed was three years ago yesterday? And the answer, yes, and the answer to that question was, uh, just Google my name. You can find me. So we, we've come a long way. Actually, legitimate. <laughs> well, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, I, you know, if I, if I could re- recommend anything, Alaska is a really cool song. I love that single. Just dropped yesterday. Phantom Limb, if you have not seen the video, it is certainly worth your time going and checking that out. The, the folks from the Columbia Marionette Theater, Shelly McGee, all the people that were involved in that did a wonderful job of taking that song and, and breathing life into it in a, in a really cool way. And you know what? Don actually doesn't do a half bad job acting. I mean, there's, there's a couple moments, Aww. but, but, but yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know, he, he, he is, <laughs> he is a horror movie actor on the side. People don't, we haven't, That's right. we, you know, we've never done a show about that. Eventually we're going to have to come back to that too. When people are allowed sure. in theaters and stuff like that. Sure. But, uh, had a little bit more to drink. We can talk about that. Uh, yes, yes. We, we got to hit the scotch to do that. All right. Uh, sure. But uh, check them out. Don Merkel's got a lot of great stuff going on. Um, the YouTube videos, stuff you got to you got to find. And uh, as soon as he gets back on the road, I'm sure near a city near you. I, my drink's getting low. I need to go refill it. Thank you, Don, for being on. I appreciate Thanks. it, man. Thanks, Chad.
When I get to Alaska, I'll find an old sled dog. We'll have a time in Alaska till the darkness falls. If you get to Alaska, don't come calling on me. I'll leave it be in Alaska under a hemlock tree. Hail, hail, Alaska! Carry me far away. Hail, hail, Alaska! Give me one more day. Hail, hail, Alaska! Bury me in the snow. Hail, hail, Alaska! Fall down as I can go. to Alaska I'll give it one more try No guarantees in Alaska Even a clear blue sky And if you get to Alaska Don't come calling on me I'll leave my bones in Alaska Under a hemlock tree Hail, hail, Alaska Don Merkel with Alaska. That's a song of his that dropped on Friday. It was uh, the 15th version of that song that I've heard. Loved them all. Uh, go check him out. Don Merkel, uh, a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All you got to do is Google his name. Uh, you can find a lot of the stuff on his YouTube channel. The videos, seriously, if you haven't seen that Phantom Limb video, go check it out. It's fantastic. Uh, got to be more by Prettier Than Matt before that. It's the song that made me absolutely fall in love with them and their songwriting style. Uh, jump down a rabbit hole as soon as I heard that song. It's a fantastic one. Uh, I hope that you uh, enjoyed that interview with Jeff. He's a great guy. Really love what they've got going on with all of their stuff. So check them out, Prettier Than Matt. And then, of course, Wombat Junction before with Underneath My Skin. Great song from their new album, The Long Game. Um, hope that you got something out of this week if anything at least a couple of uh a couple of cool songs maybe you've never heard 
maybe some artists you want to kind of do a deep dive on to find out more about them and some really cool people that represent great, great music in, in this state and, and all around the country. Uh, I, I've certainly enjoyed talking with them this week. Hope you've gotten something out of it as well. If there's an artist, I do have a couple of spots, or quite frankly, I don't mind extending this a couple of weeks uh, longer than what I have originally planned. If there's an artist that you would like for me to interview, to contact, to find out more about them, shoot me a message and their contact information over to chat at localbarmedia.com. Would love to spread the good cheer wherever we can. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Again, I hope you found something uh, that you want to delve into. Looking forward to three more musicians in the next show. Until then, take care. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.